Welcome to the Fatherhood Challenge program. The Fatherhood Challenge is a movement to awaken and inspire fathers everywhere to take great pride in their role and to challenge society to understand how important fathers are to the stability of an environment and culture. We're going to encourage and challenge each other to step up and do courageous things that make our families and communities better places. So let's get to it. Thank you so much for joining me. We're going to go ahead and continue on with part two of the biggest threat to fathers. Well, where is God in this whole battle? Because so now Mm. we've seen one side of this uh, where the enemy Satan has almost like this very secret background bomb that is highly destructive of families of fathers, which are the foundation of the stability of society and also a very key element in spreading the, not only spreading the gospel, but part of spreading the gospel is revealing who God is, revealing his integrity and his character. In other words, answering the question that at some point anybody on this earth would be asking, and that is, who is God and why should I love him and why should I serve him and worship him? We have this attack on God and his people. Where is God and what is he doing about it? Mm, love that question. And I, I would say God is God is present and God is attempting to, to woo and to draw his people near him, right? I think one of the most, again, with my story is, is that if I'm being honest, there are always moments along the way where God was speaking, where God was inviting me back back into intimacy and connection with him. Yet I continue to fall for that, which was, you know, on the surface, what seemed to be more attractive than even than God, right? Here's the thing um, that I think we, we often forget because some of the more temporary things and the more material things that we see right in front of us seem to have the answer to all our questions, whether it be money or power or whether it be, you know, material, other big material things, uh, possessions, whatever, is that we believe that we're going to find deep satisfaction from those things. And it's certainly true that we need some of those things, mind you. But what God is able to bring to us is not only does he bring salvation, right? That he sets us free, that that um, we get, we receive this grace and we, we're, we're welcomed into this abundant life, life in all its fullness. God also deeply satisfies us. That's where the life in all its fullness comes from. So the satisfaction that only God can bring us, we go looking for in something temporary and something that, that ha- on the surface might appear to bring us a temporary satisfaction, but won't bring us the lasting satisfaction. And, and, and so I think you know, when it comes to God, God is God. What the beauty of God is that He's not a forceful God. He's not going to force relationship onto us, um, but He's always present and available. It would seem, and when when we sort of come to our senses, that's that. By the way, that's one of my that's my favorite line from the story of the prodigal son. Right? If you're a sexual prodigal, like the prodigal son was, right? He went off and living it up, so to speak, until it was all gone. And then right as he was about to consume what the, what the pigs consume, he came to his senses. And, and mm. thankfully, God is always right there for the father, right? For us fathers who finally come to our senses. And that was my story. Finally, just the light came on. 
And um, I have, I can tell you just, I mean, this is so recent. I Just in the last couple of weeks, I've received two messages from spouses who are dealing with, you know, fathers, husbands and fathers who are um, struggling with pornography and they, they're at their wits end and they're just wanting that father to wake up and come to his senses. And so God is there. God has the power. God has the strength. God has the desire for us to be free. But there's a certain wanting to see the desire emerge in us that I believe God, we work in cooperation with God, I think, in many ways. And there was a moment in my journey where the light came on and a decision was made. Again, same with the prodigal. What does he, you know, the, the, he, he comes to his senses, but then he says, I'm going to go to my father. And, and that's, that's what I had to do. Right. And so I, I remember it was like yesterday, I threw my hands up and I said, I'm going to the father because the lights just came on. I'm, I'm going to the father and the father will welcome me home. I don't know what I, I don't care what I have to do. I don't, if I have to be his servant, if I have to be whatever I have to do, I'm going to the father. So the father is always there. It's, it's really, there's a decision that has to be made. And by God's grace, the Father is so kind to us because the Father, well, a good friend of mine told me this, is that the the Father gives us space, right? He gives us space um, to repent. And so, in other words, God takes no pleasure in seeing a family destroyed because of pornography. And that is just the saddest, that is the saddest thing that I, that I, that I hear over and over is that marriages come to an end and Families are broken apart because of the foolishness of, of pornography. And so God gives us space. He'll preserve our families. He'll preserve even, if you will, our secret may not even come out because God would rather us get healed before any damage is done publicly or damage is done to our families, um, you know, and so that we could preserve those families. So God even gives us space for repentance and for turnaround. And, um, but often we're unwilling to to move back in the direction of God and, and find healing. It's really fascinating uh, just to see from what you've explained. It's a it's a really great example of God's character, who He really is, how He treats us in the midst of our lowest point. It says everything about Him. I can only imagine. I think that moment when you made that decision to turn around and then go run the other way. There must've been a really loud party going on in heaven at that moment. <laughs> right. For sure. And, and a loud party in heaven and a loud party in the home of this father who had been gone. Right. And, and that's what the, that's what the father does to the prodigal. He welcomes the, the son home. And this son, this son was a long way off too. Right. And, and I was, I was absent from the home. I wasn't present. I missed so many years. Uh, this addiction basically stretched over 10, 12, 13 years. I missed so much. And so, yeah, there was absolutely a party in heaven that this father had come home, but there was a party here on earth in the home where my, my wife and my kids are because, hey, our, we got our dad back. Our, he's really here. And I think that that's, that's the joy that I you know, really 
I, I know I'm don't get me wrong. I love that the father receives me home, but, but I think the one, you know, the gift of joy that God has given me is to just be, to see my family be whole and for us to be whole and to see us find healing and, in, in, in wholeness as a family has been really, really powerful. So that's amazing. I see very much a parallel and you, you talked about it a little bit in the very beginning, what happened in the garden of Eden at creation and what happened, what happened at the temptation. And so I see where this manifests now and what is the relevance of that today. And if we have to really simplify what this is about, it really seems like it's a battle over trust. Who do you trust exactly? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Uh, absolutely. Cause it, the, who do you trust in so many different aspects of that? Right. Do you trust God? Do you trust that God is a God who cares about your sexuality and cares about your satisfaction even and cares about your joy and your happiness and even if you if you will your pleasure i believe that god is a god that cares about all of that um in the right context in the right setting as god has allowed it allowed us to experience these gifts of sexuality and these gifts of pleasure and these gifts of 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 um of relationship it's 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 all his and they're all gifts Let's not worship the gift over the gift giver. That's the thing that we run into, right? We find ourselves as, as fallen humans very often becoming obsessed, right? Even possessed by the gift as opposed to the gift giver. And so we can never substitute that good thing that God has given us for the God who gave it. And that's the problem with, with pornography. Do we trust God that what he has given is enough? Or do I abandon God's plan and go try to find something more that I think will satisfy me or bring me the life that I so that I so want? It's like we're looking for another savior and we got to trust the savior that God is. And uh, and then you got to trust that um you know, even in your, in your earthly relationships that they're, that they can, if we do them the way God perhaps has given us some guidance and instruction, that we will find satisfaction, deep satisfaction in those relationships as well. Um, my wife and I don't have the perfect marriage, um, by any stretch of the imagination. I made sure that by my story, right? So, um, (laughs) but we, we certainly, you know, are attempting to do, uh, a marriage in such a way that is God honoring and, uh, you know, with, with respect for one another's bodies and respect for the trust that we have for another. And I got to be able to trust, you know, we, we build on this trust. Um, you know, I think one of the things that I hear often with, with some couples who are walking through the same struggle is that, that, and often it's a guy, I hate to feel like I'm picking on dads and, and guys, but uh, because women have this, this these issues too, but since this is a fatherhood conversation, um, but often the father, the, the dads, guys will say, "Hey, I just don't, you know, why, you know, why does she need to know everything about me? Why does she need to know where I'm at all the time and and all this sort of thing?" And um, I think what my wife and I, have, you know, what we've embraced is that because we are in this covenant of a relationship, this marriage relationship. 
I'm pretty much, you know, I'm, I want to be completely vulnerable and open with her. So she has permission and right to, to, to ask me anything, where I'm at, what I'm doing. She has access to my computer and my, and my, my phone and my, you know, and all my devices and, and whatever, because there's a vulnerability. That's the key word, right? Uh, another word for trust is vulnerability, right? Who do you trust with the deepest parts of who you are? And in a marriage, um, you got to be able to trust at a deep level. Like you said, that, that is the tension. That is the battle. Am I going to trust my spouse with all of me? Yes. You open yourself up for potential hurt and pain. That's the nature of love, right? Just ask Jesus. <laughs> Jesus came. The Bible clearly says God so loved the world that he came and that he gave, right? And so um, that that's just the nature is trust, right? And when you trust and when you trust deeply, you are vulnerable. And so you're, you're dead on, Jonathan. And I think the nature of our relationships is such that we have to move. And if we're going to have a healthy one, we have to often where pornography has come into play, we have to spend a lot of time regaining trust. And that regaining that trust means that your life is wide open. Pornography naturally shuts your life down. You don't want anybody peeking in on your life. You're very, um, you know, if a, if a spouse asks me, what is a sign that my husband might be hooked on, hooked on pornography or my spouse might be hooked on pornography? I say, well, you know, how open and vulnerable are they to you? Do you know what's going on? Are they very, are they very protective of their phone or their other devices? Are they having phone conversations and staying and texting late into the night, right? Um, are they on their computer constantly? All those things speak to a life that's trying to be isolated and closed off. You, when, when trust is alive and well and operating the way it should, there's an openness and a vulnerability uh, about, about your life. So uh, my big challenge to most of the fathers out there, to any man out there is, are you, would you be okay with your kids having your phone for a few hours, right? <laughs> are they, are they going to be okay to just scroll through your phone, look at your histories or just pull up the internet and not find something that, that would be embarrassing or inappropriate. That's an important issue. Uh, the trust issue is a lot broader and mm -hmm. you just hit on it right there. The accountability of not just your spouse, but your kids actually becomes a, a safety issue as well. And so that's why I think that is, is so incredibly important. And also backing up just a little bit, there's something else I'm hearing out of this in your recovery. And specifically, it's the fact that you did not do this alone. Your, your wife was directly involved and helping you with your recovery. You were teammates together. You did this as a team. You didn't just come out of this by yourself. Obviously you had to make your own decision to go in that direction. And she can't, she could not do that for you. But once you had made that decision, what I'm hearing is she was right there with you, helping you to recover. And you were doing this as a team. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a great, great observation, Jonathan. And the thing is, um, I don't expect a spouse to be that nagging ear, you know, nagging person in the ear, that nagging voice 
whether male or female, nagging voice into the voice of the addict, um, pushing them, making appointments for them with the therapist or with the trying to point out all the groups in the area that the addict can go to. Not at all. But but when there is a, a marriage where, you know, a spouse has initiated and is actively pursuing recovery and going to their groups and going to their meetings and 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 um, being held accountable at home, uh, even by their spouse with what they're doing on the Internet, with what they're doing, you know, uh, all the agreed upon all the agreed upon things to rebuild trust that a spouse should be doing. If they're doing that, and and in a healthy way, a spouse can be a cheerleader, if you will, or a supporter, then I, I think absolutely. I, I don't think the best move for a married couple is for the spouse to kind of sit completely on the sideline and, and just only speak up when they see something that isn't quite right. I don't think that's the healthiest way to get back to um, the intimacy and the unity and the bondedness of a, of a marriage, I think that's unhealthy um, because then all that spouse becomes is sort of the police over the person's recovery. And that's not good or healthy, but, but I think with, with, um, with the appropriate in a, in a very healthy way, because remember the spouse is also recovering too the, the spouse that isn't the addict. So they're walking through their own pain and hurt and trying to get back and, and, but, but I think you're right. And, and in our case, it worked. Uh, my wife ha- was walking through her own pain and brokenness for sure. But because she could see the traction that I was getting in my recovery, because she could, she could see with her own eyes, right? I always tell uh, spouses, don't listen to a word they say, only watch what they do. Uh, if it's an addict, the addict will lie with their words. Uh, but but actions speak far louder. So you watch what that spouse does. And if they're serious, you're going to see traction. You're going to see progress. You're going to see them getting well. So for that father that is is feeling trapped right now, and they're they are really struggling, and they're right in the thick of this, what does it look like for a dad on the other side of this who's walked away and is free? What reason would that dad who's addicted what reason would that dad have to want to walk away? So paint a picture of what that dad can look forward to when he's completely free, what his home life can look like. Wow. Yeah. So the, the big word that that has always emerged for me out of this whole journey is peace. Peace, 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 peace. Um, not, not paranoia, not fear, but peace. And I think if we're being honest with most dads, most fathers, most guys, we we long to have just a peace in our souls. And um, that that's what's on the other side of the fear and the acting out and the paranoia that that you're walking through and the, and the anger and all of, and the, the, the potential loss of, of a job, potential loss of a spouse and a family. The other side of it is, isn't perfect, but it's peaceful. And um, if you take that word peace, you take the original um, Hebrew shalom, you know, it's this state of, of flourishing. It's a state of wholeness, not, not a lack of integrity, but full on whole integrity, right? It's, it's a state of, of 
of flourishing is a good, holistic, uh, healthy, whole place to be. And that, man, you can't beat that. And, and, and you can see the thing is, we, we said, we think that, you know, um, uh, you know, we got to have something to help us get through the difficult times. Right. Uh, and we do this with food all the time, right? We ever talk about comfort food, you go through a difficult time. Oh, I'm going to go get that, whatever your favorite thing is, right? Maybe it's sugar. Maybe it's an ice cream cone or whatever, you know, and that's going to help me get through this difficult time. (laughs) Right. Um, And so, um, but the truth is all you really need is this peace that passes understanding, right? You need, you need this wholeness and fullness that comes only from God. And, and it's not found in pornography. It's not found in, in these other things that we, tend to latch on to, to medicate ourselves through difficult times. Um, and so that's, you know, that's the beauty of being on the other side is that you learn that you can live through difficult, devastating, um, hard times, stressful times, um, without the aid of something external. That reminds me of another thought. And that is, is there a benefit to a fellowship with other men for the sake of, of holding each other accountable and encouraging a stronger spiritual walk and a stronger family life, a stronger morality? I mean, what role can men play uh, with other men great, with helping great each other? Yeah. And, and even then there's a you know, great question. Again, I think you're dead on. Uh, there's a little bit of debate that goes around about this idea of, of accountability groups and accountability partners, et cetera. And again, it's a, it's a matter of how healthy are they and are they, what's, what is, what is, what is the understanding between all the parties that are going to be a part of the group? And so I actually still lead a group. I've led a group for about the last seven, eight, nine years. And it's an, it's online. We actually, you know, ironically enough, we actually meet via Zoom every week um, to hold each other accountable and to to have a level to have an environment where you can be completely transparent and vulnerable and understand that what you're going to receive from the other people in the group is you're going to receive truth telling because we all need a place where we're going to hear the truth, right? But you're also going to receive grace. Grace and truth, right? Jesus, that was Jesus. That's the way Jesus did ministry. It was always full of grace and truth. Jesus never shied away from telling you about the junk that was going on with you, right? But then Jesus would be also be right there to extend grace to you in the middle of all your junk. And so that's the beauty. If you can find a healthy community and healthy group, I always like to say that you won't get free alone and you won't stay free alone both demand a certain level of community. They demand a certain level of disclosure. Um, it's just the nature of, of how we get well. It's not generally just you and God alone. Uh, that's, that just isn't the way God operates. It's usually us and a, it's usually, you know, me and a community and it's tough to find the right kind of community, but if you're willing to be engaged and, and have a, the other thing about accountability, I always say, there's got to be a goal in mind. There's got to be something, a purpose in mind. What are you pursuing? 
uh, with this accountability because I don't want people just all in my business, right? For for no reason, <laughs> we gotta have a we gotta have a collective. You know, we gotta have an understanding here. Uh, my purpose is to make sure that I stay free from pornography and everything that goes with pornography, and that I'm faithful in my marriage, and that I'm I'm nurturing a healthy marriage, and I'm pursuing my children and having healthy relationships with them. Those are my big P purpose statements and that's and if i and if you can help in this if this community community can help me be successful in that i want to be a part of this relationship with another guy or with a group of guys for the sake of allowing me to pursue those goals so to that father who's listening right now that is struggling either they have just stumbled into a pornography habit or they've been in there for a very very long time and maybe they've tried to get out many, many, many times and turn around and they just can't seem to find that hope and that traction to be able to get out and stay out. What hope do you have for that father? What exactly is the solution? What exactly is their way out? I think what people need to understand is that we serve a big God who can, who even in your most desperate place is able to um, save and restore and um, and rescue people from the pit of pornography, if you will. Um, he's but but like I mean, we keep coming back to this idea of trust. We got to believe, we got to trust that God has a way that may not look like the way that we think it should get done. And and generally. God's always going to be doing something beyond just you stopping the bad activity, the immoral activity of pornography. There's something deeper going on with you. It's not just the bad thing that you do, you're doing. It's also the absence of the good, pure, and holy thing that you should be doing. And so often God is pursuing that more so than he's pursuing you stopping the bad thing that's very obviously bad, right? Um, so it's, God is awesome and amazing, but, but his purposes and his plans far exceed anything that we can imagine. We, we're frustrated and irritated by the, you know, by the pornography stuff. And God's sitting, sitting here going, listen, you got bigger issues, buddy. Let me, let me drill down a little bit deeper with you. And if we can get here, if we can go to the root of some of these things that the pornography loses any of its attraction whatsoever. And I found that to be the case with me as well, is that there was there was far more going on with me. And once we dealt with these deeper issues, pornography has no power. It, when we say that pornography is a big lie, it is a lie in so many ways. It just, it has no power. It's, it's impotent, if you will, oddly enough. Um, and, and it really has no power. Um, especially if you can get beneath the surface of our own hearts and souls and, and understand what's really going on. What is the pornography feeding off of? That's, that's what you got to get to. And that's where God wants to go. But we got to be, we got to be willing to go there. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of vulnerability. It takes a deep, deep desire to want to be well at a deep level, not just get rid of a bad habit. Thank you so much for doing this, and I wish you many, many blessings. Awesome.
awesome. Thank you so much, Jonathan. I appreciate you bringing the conversation up and inviting me into it. And I, I do, I, I'm with you. I pray that it will make a huge difference in the lives of many fathers. 